0: We are continuing with the Gospel of Mark, and we're up to the 13th chapter. And this is, I believe, one of the most important portions of the Scripture. Uh, You have uh, parallel accounts of the 13th chapter of Mark in Matthew 24 and 25, and in Luke 21. And so uh, we keep touching base upon what Jesus says here, because it's rather important to start with, but it's also voluminous, particularly Matthew 24 and 25. But here, even in Mark, Jesus is answering a question, or actually a series of questions. And it gives us such insight, particularly into the days that we are living now. Not just now, but the days that they were living in, the ones that were asking the questions, and the time period in between, the last couple thousand years. So let's just jump to it here. Mark, the 13th chapter, verse 1, says this. And he, that's Jesus, was going out of the temple. So he's going out of the temple. Remember, he'd been in the temple Uh, We just saw in the previous episode out of Mark where um, Jesus saw the uh, poor widow who gave everything that she had, put that in the treasury, and things that Jesus said about that, we saw uh, in Matthew, that great passage, Matthew 23, where Jesus says, woe to you, scribes, Pharisees, hypocrites. And so um, he's coming out of the temple from doing that. So as he was coming out of the temple, verse one, one of his disciples said to Jesus, teacher, Behold, what wonderful stones and what wonderful buildings. (laughs) I always chuckle when I read that because that is us, folks. He literally said, how great are these wonderful buildings right here? Mm -hmm. This had been an extremely tense moment, a terse moment in the life of the Lord Jesus Christ and everybody associated with him, his disciples. I mean, the, the encounter he had just had And so now I believe this disciple was just, you know, pointing out something that was obvious, yeah. The temple complex was beautiful. They were working on it. They'd been working on it for decades, decades, okay? It had wonderful stones, and the wonderful buildings were coming along. And I can't help but think he was just trying to lighten the moment a little bit right here. Because now they're coming out of the temple where Jesus has said, Woe to you, scribes, Pharisees, hypocrites. You will never see me again until you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And, you know, are we not like that? When we encounter uh, tense times, when we encounter challenging times, often we will um, uh, turn to the mundane. We will uh, change subject all matter. We will try to distract. In the vernacular, we will go, squirrel! <laughs> you know, we'll yell squirrel. Oh, it happens all the time, folks. I see it. Uh, oh, I see it. In, well, I won't tell you where I see it. Uh, <laughs> I see it all the time. And uh and It's sad. It's sad. Jesus wasn't having anything to do with it. Verse 2 says this, And Jesus said to him, Do you see these great buildings? Not one stone will be left upon another, which will not be torn down. That statement right there was will actually be used against Jesus shortly thereafter. They'll say, Yeah, he said he's going to tear down the buildings and build it back up in three days, that kind of thing. See, Jesus wasn't having anything to do with it. And so all of a sudden, that's it for that statement, because the very next verse says this, and Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives opposite the temple, okay? So Matthew says the same thing, they came out of the temple, somebody pointed that thing, Jesus responded in like manner, and they kept walking over to the Mount of Olives. So they would have gone down to the Kidron Valley, they'd go down this valley, and they come up the valley, and they're over the Mount of Olives. And here it says he's sitting opposite the temple. That means he's sitting across the holler from the temple. He's sitting there. Verse 3, Peter and James and John and Andrew were questioning him privately. So in Matthew and Luke, it tells us that this, you know disciples ask him. Well, here it tells us exactly who it is. Those four disciples were questioning Jesus privately. And here's what they ask. Verse 4, tell us. When will these things be, and what will be the sign when all these things are going to be fulfilled? Mm, that's a great question, isn't it? Remember how Matthew put it. Matthew put it as, uh, um, what, what is going to be the sign of your coming again and of the, in the age? When will these things occur? And, uh, well, there's, there's something going on here. Jesus must have been talking about some things from the time they left the temple to the time that these four right here are him that question. He had told them, hey, these buildings, there's not going to be a stone left unturned. And now they ask, tell us, when will these things be and what will be the sign of your coming again and of the end of the age when all of this will be fulfilled? Okay. And so Jesus must have said a few more things about it because they were still thinking about it. It could have been just what we have right here, that these great buildings will overturn. It could be that they were thinking about all the stuff that he had been saying. You know what he'd said that Peter, James, and John, when he was transfigured, that he was going to die, but that he would rise again. He'd said that to the disciples, that he was going to Jerusalem to be killed, and he would come back. Were they thinking on, that, on all that? Well, perhaps, perhaps. But now they're beginning to realize, okay, something's going on here. Jesus had just had this uh, really, really emotional encounter with the religious leadership. Jesus had just declared that they would never see him again. Until they were declared blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Jesus had told them repeatedly that he must go to Jerusalem. He would die. But after three days and three nights, he would rise again from the dead. Remember, they were actually questioning, what is meant by rising again from the dead? What does that mean? I mean, does it actually mean that he's going to be dead and he's going to rise again? That's exactly what it means. But they weren't sure. So now they're asking Jesus and they say, tell us. When will these things be? And what will be the sign? So they were expecting a sign. Why why were they expecting a sign? I think uh, perhaps because of the way that Jesus was saying some things. We get sort of hesitant and reticent when it comes to signs, okay? We think that there's some form of (laughs) hypospiritualism if we want a sign, if there's a sign involved. And that's not true. That's not true. The Lord gives signs all the time. We see it in Scripture. We see it in our lives if we just pay attention, okay? So now they're asking this question. Well, I want to stop right here for today because the next verse says this, And Jesus began to say to them, and the balance of the 13th chapter is Jesus answering the questions, okay? Uh, like I said, we've seen the answer over Matthew. It does as well to uh, reflect upon it. Again, because of the days that we live in. A lot of times people get really distressed. Uh, right now at the time of this recording it's early March, 2022. And uh, you likely know what all is going on. Well, it's nothing surprising. Jesus told us that this kind of thing would happen. As a matter of fact, he said, this kind of thing will happen. You'll have wars and rumors of wars. You'll have uh, ethnicities rising up against each other. You'll have nations rising up against each other. But guess what? Uh, this is just the mere beginning. Of birth pains, which really means what? Things will get worse. Things will get worse. Well, we'll get into that in the next episode. Thank you so much for your time, and I'll see you then.